0: The blast from our past network.
1: This week on Talking Back, horror and sci-fi and creation mythology story, oh my! Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements and movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. With me today is co-host, Dean. Dean. Tim. I am going to pause all formalities of you and I discussing how we're doing okay. and all that bullshit. I
2: had a crazy week, though. I
1: don't want to hear about oh, it. Man. We've got something far more interesting to talk about. All right. But I we wanted co- to hear about yeah. it. <laughs> Who is that? Who is that? We we have a couple of very special guests here this week. Yes. we have Tess and Corey from the ongoing comic book discussion podcast. Woo-hoo. Yeah, our friends, Tess, Corey, get in here.
3: Hey, we're in here all the way hey. over here, not in Canada. How are you? How are
1: you two doing?
3: So good. Happy to be here.
0: Yes. Great. Very Thank you for happy. coming on our podcast. Oh, thanks man. Thanks uh uh Tim and Dean for having us. This is great. And, uh, uh by the way, I've uh, this is my first time talking face to face with Dean, so this is this is pretty awesome. Yeah, it's
2: nice nice to meet both of you. Yeah. I'm
0: pretty excited because like I'm a
2: huge fan of your show. Yeah, Dean's an
1: uber fan. I'm like your, an uber your fan. Your I,
2: I, I just like, I've listened to all the episodes. I listen, like, as soon as it comes out, I'm listening to it right away. You guys are like, kind of like celebs to me. So <laughs> oh I'm God. just super pumped that I get to talk to you. I feel like I've already been talking to you because that's the way your podcast goes. It's like a discussion. Uh, so I feel like I'm part of it. And it's like, I actually get to talk to you now. I'm, I'm really excited.
3: So you know, like, weird facts about us because we just... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel like I know
2: you. <laughs> do you well, do you dream about them in their podcast, Dean? Oh, yeah, oh, for wow. sure. Like I dream, I'm on their podcast. Oh, so okay. this oh. is kind of the same. Can I well, just say, be-
3: on Wednesday, we uh, Courtney and I didn't communicate properly, but who was going to drop the episode? And the person that told us that the episode was not online was you. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> I got the message. We were,
2: when I woke we up, we both like,
1: waiting for. <laughs> we're both waiting for the new episode to drop and we're like it's not it's like 9 30 and there's no episode what's going on here I, I think i'll uh just reach out to Corey and see what's up
0: <laughs> see if yeah. we're getting one today yeah
2: my wednesday was like my wednesday morning i didn't know what to do i didn't <laughs> know what to do at work i was That's... like i always listen to this what am i supposed to do oh my <laughs> well, gosh
0: well, Dean, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, issue the same compliment to you guys. I told Tim this on um, the podcast after Dark watch list that will probably already be out before this episode comes out. Uh, but right at the beginning, I, I basically said the same thing to Tim, but it was about both you guys. Um, I am personally a huge fan of your all show. Same thing, yours is like whenever it's the new day that it comes out, I it's the first thing I listen to. Right when I'm, you know, uh, uh, making breakfast in the morning and whatnot, so. Uh, uh, right, right back at you, buddy. That's the, the same sentiment right there. <laughs> that,
2: is, that, is awesome. it, that is that is awesome. That is just like it. crazy for me to even
0: hear, but that is awesome. <laughs> I listen to it
3: while I work. I'm like, production bullshit, blah, 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 but talking to <laughs> yeah. oh, that. it's perfect. <laughs> nice. It's nice, nice to hear
0: you cuss, Tess, because on OCD, we can never cuss. It's <laughs> <That's
3: laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking cuss on my OCD. It's fucking true.
0: <laughs> 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 fucking yeah, man. <laughs> Get it all out now while you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh,
1: awesome. Yeah, well, this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, we we gave a, we threw a few different options your way for um, content to talk about here, and we ended up going with a book called The Wake. This book was 10 issues. It ran from July of 2013 to September of 2014. The creative team on it was Scott Snyder as the writer and Sean Murphy illustrating. And it was published by Vertigo Comics. Now, this wins an Eisner for best limited series. So, yeah, a, a lot of the stuff we've been covering so far seems to win Eisners. Yeah. Right? So, we seem <laughs> to like real quality <laughs> stuff. But. Yeah,
2: and, and Scott Snyder was nominated um, for writer, didn't win. Okay. Sean Murphy uh, also won Eisner for this book.
1: Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay,
2: great. And colorist Matt Hollingsworth, yeah. also nominated, didn't win.
1: Okay. Uh, Yeah, I think. I could have seen him winning, actually. The coloring in this book is off the Yeah,
2: hook. he was up against jo- Jody Blair, who is just incredible. Okay. I mean, she works on like 50 books or something, so oh, yeah. it was no contest, but.
1: All right. Well, just to start off, like, I'd like to hear initially what everybody just thought. Without getting into the story, without digging into anything, Dean, let's just Sorry. hear, like, <laughs> did you like this book or did you not like it? So, Tess, why don't we start with you?
3: Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. I texted you guys like when I was halfway through and I was like, I cannot put this down. This is about underwater science, mermaid (laughs) adventure, and I'm all about it. It's great.
0: Cool. Corey? (laughs) uh, as a fan of underwater horror movies like Deep Star Six and Leviathan and Deep Rising, this was right up my alley and then some. How it how the story oh, nice. spins a little bit outwards, uh, it's right up my alley. I really, really enjoyed it. So this was a lot of fun, a lot of fun to check out. Yeah. Cool. Dean? Uh, well, that's,
2: that's great <laughs> for me to hear because uh, I was really happy when you picked this book. Um, This book means a lot to me. Uh, It's just one of my Uh. favorite books. And we've talked about this on the podcast before where I like absolutely love movies. Uh, If I have something to do in my spare time, I'm probably going to watch a movie. But comics, I have some sort of like emotional connection to. And I think it's just when I'm having like a really great time in my life or I'm having really downtime in my life, I pick up a comic book and I read it and it just becomes one of my favorite things. Just no matter what it is, if it's a bad time in my life, it pulls me out of it. And so this was actually a comic that I read in one of those downtimes, <laughs> and and um, it pulled me right out of it. So it has like a, a really special place to me. Um, this book, um, Scott Snyder, obviously being one of my favorite writers, I think he's the best for me. He's the best Batman writer. I know he's one of the newest Batman writers. That's maybe uh, crazy of me to say. Um, but for me, it's just the time in <laughs> my life that it hit me. The story, how it starts out horror and then kind of shifts to sci-fi mm-hmm. um with sort of, I, I understand that the ending is a little bit, uh, Oh, see. I'm already spoiling. How
1: long? What are we at? <laughs> seven minutes. At seven uh, D- minutes. Dean's talking
2: about the ending. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. That's pretty good. The ending is like borderline incomprehensible.
0: Um, but this is probably my. That's not <laughs> spoiling it. But, <laughs> Dean, you're going to have this a is... great time whenever you guys come on our podcast. Cause we go into in spoilers in the first like 15 minutes. <laughs> oh yeah. It's immediate. It's the first <laughs> thing out of your mouth.
3: <laughs> you can't help it. You're so passionate. Yeah, yeah about it. exactly.
2: Um, yeah, so I, uh, I've i read it like uh, probably five or six times now. So I feel like I have a good grasp on the ending and I have a good grasp on sort of Scott Snyder as a writer. So I feel like I have some insights on we can maybe unpack it when we get there. Um, but yeah, the book means a lot to me. I'm so happy you picked it. I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, Dean was Dean was oh stoked.
3: I'm so glad we liked it. Yeah, no Ooh. kidding. <laughs> All right. I, I hate this book.
0: <laughs> I'm just <laughs> no. Tim, you're fired. You're out of here. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm out of here. I just you're came to here. say hello, but I'm out of just says not says three there. now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I like it as well. This was, this was one that I had seen in the Comixology app, um, like for a while. And I never really, re- never really picked it up. There were just other things that were interesting me. And then I remember texting you, Dean, one day, just saying, have you heard of this wake? It seems like it could be pretty cool. And you're like, oh, the, this is an amazing book. You have to get it. You have to read it. So yeah. I, I got it and I read it and I, uh, man, I loved it. Um Yeah, it was really, really great. There's some things that you know, we'll get to it, but there's some things I may have preferred to be done differently, but I mean, they, they went for something here and I appreciate it. And I, they did a great job at it and I, and I love it as well. So yeah, I think this would be a really good entry comic for somebody just starting read, into reading comics. Cause it has, it's got a lot of, um, great things in it and it moves really fast. It's an easy read, great art. Um, Great, a great story, very, very interesting and pretty unique as well.
2: I would say for sure the first five issues, like such an easy read for anyone who who would get into it. Um, The last, they might need a little help if it's like the first comic they're reading. Yeah. But yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah,
3: because it gets a conversation going. Yeah, it's interesting that it's. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, no. Go ahead.
0: uh, I was just going to say it's. You know, it's the book is kind of broken up into. Two halves. It's almost like two different stories, which is one of the things that I like about it. But I, I agree with Dean. I don't know how uh, easy this one would be to get into as as a newcomer. Like I don't know if I'd be hesitant to like be like, hey, check this one out. Unless the person was like, I really love Leviathan and Deep Rising, and I want a comic book monster movie. Um, you know, but uh, but the first half I thought was much more straightforward and easy to cons- uh, to consume and enjoy than the second half. Now, I don't think my lack of understanding uh, the, of the ending didn't bring it down for me any. If anything, it makes me want to go back and reread it, and it definitely makes me want to uh, dig into the, to the discussion in a little bit when we get there. But um, I love the first half, absolutely love the first half, and I love where it goes in the second half.
1: Yeah, so typically in a comic book story, the writer will focus on a single genre. So, what we get here is that's not exactly the case, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's some standard, typical comic book rules that um, writers they want to follow, they like to follow. In this book, like Scott Snyder, purposefully chose to break those rules for a reason, right? Him and him and Sean Murphy, they they wanted this book to be very exploratory. They, wanted, they said they wanted to create a crazy playground where the two of them could throw ideas back and forth at each other and just try to one-up the other person with a better, wilder idea. So what you get out of all of that is you get a mix of a horror genre, you get a sci-fi genre, as you mentioned, Corey, and you also get a creation mythology story out of this. So it it can feel a little bit much at times, but... Yeah, it's, it's it's one you can dig into. And the, the first read through is a little bit jarring because of all that. Uh, this time I read it for the second time and everything just fit a whole lot better for me. Okay. So I, I just like wanted was... to go ahead. Tess.
3: <laughs> it's hard to sorry four people at the same time. So it's all it's um, all good. <laughs> um, No, I was just going to say that. Yeah, it, it read like a movie for me. Like it went really very quickly. You know, I was just agreeing yeah. with you.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. I just want to throw one quote out from Scott Snyder about the book. He said, it's a book about exploring and being unafraid. I want it to be a book you read, put down and say, I want to go try something I've never tried before, or I want to go do something that I'm afraid to do. And that was the hope.
0: So, and t- cool. Tess and I, uh, we were talking right before we recorded, or, or we just finished recording our Blackbird review, review episode. And we were kind of talking like, just because we were both a little confused by, by the ending of the comic. and uh, But we both, I think, sort of walked away with that it's, it's about uh, confronting fears. And, and I think that – that uh, and, and Tess was the one that actually said that to me. And I think that's what the, the, the theme of the book actually comes through pretty well in that regard. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say, Tess?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, you were like, "Why is there monster?" I'm not going to spoil the end. All these things happen, and I was like, "I think it's be it's a big metaphor for like, just don't give in to your fear, or else they will destroy you," kind of thing. Yeah,
1: I think you're dead on with that,
2: and I think it's great that that came through just on for both of you your first read. Yeah, um, I'm yeah. I'm happy that that's that's what came through.
1: Yeah, that's a good pull. Yeah, test actually, for sure um, to to get that out of your first reading.
3: Yeah, honors English, y'all. Still
2: with
1: me? Oh, oh,
0: damn, damn.
3: And, and
0: and as far as the 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 craziness of the second half of the book goes, um, I I applaud it for going as big as it goes because you do not see that coming. Well, you you sort of do because it sort of starts with something you know, kind of implying that maybe you're going to see more later. Um, but I applauded them for having the the balls to just to just take this what could be just a small horror story and just blow it out, just really expand outwards on it and create all this amazing mythology, even if even though some of it might have gone over my head, you know, a little bit, but I, I appreciate that it's there. And a lot of times with comics too, you know, I'm like, I kind of take the conceit of, well, if I don't understand it, but that doesn't mean that the creator didn't understand it, right? And and it never felt. And although I will say, some books you can sort of see where the holes are, and be like, okay, maybe the creator didn't plot this one out or have fleshed this one out. With this book, it did feel like, even though I didn't understand maybe everything that was happening, uh, Scott Snyder did, and that's okay. It's okay as a viewer to not always understand everything on the first go round. Star Wars has taught me that you need to rewatch things. Star multiple Wars times. reference, yes. Danny yes. Corey, we're fifteen <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Minutes. we're boom. on another podcast <laughs> boom
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey we love star I mean, wars we <laughs> this um
1: they they did have that all planned out from the start so they knew about the three different genres and they knew what they wanted to try to do and they filled holes in so yeah i think i think it does come across that they did know what they were doing um dean and i typically walk through these comics fairly in depth whereas uh ocd podcast you guys kind of have more of a free flowing so we thought we'd try to gel the two together here so Mm. everybody's comfortable so I'm gonna give a bit of a breakdown of issue one just to give us like a base to stand on and then we'll just move on from there just discussing our likes and dislikes and whatever else we want to talk about Deal. Whatever else the fuck we want to talk about. Right,
2: Tim, Tim watch your mouth. Jeez. it's a family I to show. Put a
3: lot of emphasis. <laughs> I
1: am going to throw some of those around.
2: Yeah. yeah, is this is this one of those uh, first chapter summaries that we can interject and?
1: Oh yeah, okay, Ooh. yeah. Feel he's free ready. to interject. He's ready. Stop. He's yeah. like, yeah. Put yeah. me You coach. already have something to say. I need to know these things. You need yeah. to get something out right now before I start.
2: I mean, it's about the last couple pages, so no. The last <laughs> the last yeah, thing, the last yeah, I was gonna say, say <laughs> he's
0: got the spoilers locked and loaded right now. I need to go. Oh, the end.
1: Dean, just calm down, please.
3: <laughs> no, no, Dean, don't. don't. <laughs> Be you. Be <laughs> <Test. laughs> you, Dean. <laughs> Thank you. Don't instigate him. Thank you.
1: Okay, so then starting with the first issue, I really can't think of many books that have grabbed me in the first couple pages like this book did. Just, it's this formation in the water of this gigantic sea creature. That you can see it's it's huge and that it's something you've never seen before, but they don't give you enough to really see what it is. But you know something's coming and it's a city that's flooded, overflooded. So it's this real great starting point where I am so in already.
2: Yeah, it's such a cool piece of art because you don't even really know it's a creature. It's almost like it could be like Hydro Man. Like it could be yeah. just a, something made out of water. Like it's just this... The, it's like it's coming, something coming out, of the, out of the water and you yeah. just see the water, the water like around it. Yeah, yeah it's I mean, really cool.
1: There's some detail. You can see it's a bit of a monster. But yeah. uh, so we meet Lee Archer here. Um, she specializes in Cetology, which is the study of whales, dolphins and porpoises. So she's visited by Special Agent Cruz of Homeland Security. And he persuades her to go to Alaska for one week for a special mission. He plays a recording of an underwater noise and he thinks that she's heard it before. Mm. Strange noise. They don't know what it is, but he thinks she's heard it.
2: Yeah. Can you make the noise for me? <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Wow. Is
3: there a whale in yeah. your house? God. Yeah.
2: Does everybody have a noise? Do you got Corey, Tess, do you have a noise?
3: Oh. <laughs> That's good. That's good.
2: Tess, you got one?
3: That sounded like uh, lassie. You could do like the dory, like, me boo
1: I was done. I don't like that. <laughs>
2: it's like the
3: Dory from Finding Nemo, you know? Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: You started I this, feel, Yeah,
2: you? okay, so I feel like it's not super high. I think I think Tess was kinda onto it. I think it's like
1: Okay. Well, we can uh, tweet these out to Scott Snyder and see which one
0: is.
3: (laughs) Hey, hey, Scott, uh, listen to these. Just press play, (laughs) and uh, we spelled it out for you as well. Just let us know. Who's closest? He's going to be like, don't don't
0: ever message me again.
3: (laughs) Blocked. Blocked. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So they fly to Alaska in a helicopter, and they land on a landing pad, and there's nothing else around. It's just a landing pad. Mm. And then this door seems to come up from the ice, so... Cool. I'm getting all sorts of, yeah, cool vibes about this. <laughs> cool and
0: vibes. No pun
1: they... <laughs> intended. Yeah, I was getting cold vibes. <laughs> I don't know about feelings. you. but oh,
3: sure ah, zing. <laughs> 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 so zing. Uh,
1: so what this door is, is it's a submarine, right? So they, um, they go down into the submarine where they meet members, uh, other members of the team. So we have a Dr. Marin. He's a professor of folklore and mythology. Cool. We have Leonard Meeker. Seems like a tough guy. Cool. He's uh, he's wearing a jacket with uh, leopard fur on it, and I got a real strong feeling that he killed that leopard himself. Oh yeah. He made that he handmade that e, jacket. Sure, I was
0: getting yeah. uh I was getting Craven the Hunter vibes from him. Totally, yes. totally.
1: Good call. Yeah. So we also have Bob Wainwright, who is Lee's old boss. Not cool. <laughs> um yeah, not cool, not a cool guy. But I'm I'm really excited at this point because this is a type of story that I really love where We don't really know anything yet as a reader, but there's something like very, very important going on that they're not telling us about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we get all these individuals who are brought together for some sort of reason. So Yeah, like getting the
0: crew together. Sorry, guys. Uh yeah, right out of the gate. Like, I mean, this is just checking off so many boxes for me. Like, uh, just, just so you know, like uh, one of my favorite Disney movies of all time is Atlantis. I love the look of it. I love everything. I I love, I love submarines that are big and have like multiple levels to them and stuff for, you know, no reason. I just like that about submarines. And then boom, it, this has this, this this literally has like 30 weird check boxes that I would never sort of associate (laughs) together. Yet it's checking all of them. It also has like an aliens vibe, the movie aliens, you know, like I, I love yeah. i love the trope the whole setup of you know we've lost communication with this thing we got to go send in our specialized people to go view it and then you see what happens and, i mean that's not exactly what happens here but it's got kind of that vibe to it man it's just right out of the gate and then uh, uh Sean Murphy who I love from uh Chrononauts, uh that Mark Millar yeah. book Crononauts so I mean I didn't even realize it was the same artist I, I mean I, I was like is this the same guy I didn't like verify until we uh just re- before we recorded but he's awesome I love his artwork so just within the first issue like I'm already like hundred percent on board, and also I was probably a couple bowls in uh, smoking. But uh, that's, that's, <laughs> but I mean, imagine like a thousand percent on board. But I mean, man. imagine my excitement! I was like, "This is this freaking is the awesome." Bible, man. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Guys, I think this actually happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Guys, this is
0: crazy, but I think this is happening, man. <laughs>
2: yeah, I really like the uh, the get the team together vibe here. Yeah, and kind of the only thing I like more than get the team together is get the team together who don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right, nobody knows yeah. why they're there,
3: but they're all professionals. It's all like,
0: yeah, like like the Armageddon vibe, like all that kind of all those movies that use the same trope. Love it, love it, never gets old.
1: Yeah, so they get into the sub. And they take the sub down to the bottom of the ocean to a secret gigantic oil rig at the bottom of the ocean. So cool. Now. This is scary. O- on, <laughs> on the rig. This is right before the end of issue one. Yeah. On the rig, we see that they've captured a very, 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 very fucking creepy looking creature. Yeah. Yes. And they've got it like in a some sort of tank in water in a straitjacket. <laughs> yes,
3: yeah. in a straitjacket. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden it gets like shape of water vibes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like that totally. monster.
1: Did, For sure. Yeah.
3: yeah. So have we
0: all seen just uh, so we are on the same page have we all seen shape of water?
1: I have not seen it, no. Oh, but but I like, like, I know the know visuals, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, definitely. Yeah, yeah.
3: Preach from the Black Lagoon kind of thing. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, I know all about that. I only ask it's because it's like it, this is like the, the the scariest looking of all like mer cinematic mer monster guys. You know, I I loved him. I think he's really cool looking.
1: Yeah, he's very cool. So that's the end of issue one. Dean, did you say what you wanted to say?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Okay, we can get into whatever. Yeah. Good. Okay.
1: Yeah then I think that's a good footing for us just to kind of leap off of and yeah. talk about the book a little bit. So, uh, I'll sit back for a minute. Let, uh, someone else say something.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tess, t- ladies first, Tess.
3: <laughs> oh man, it can't be like that every time, whatever. Um, so yes, I loved it. I'm not quite sure what else to say. Cause you guys just said everything. Um, but I love,
1: um, what do you, what do you think about the art?
3: Yeah, no, it was beautiful. Um, Before you said that it would be for like new comic book readers, but like as a recent uh newbie of comic books, I think the hardest part for me was to actually figure out how to read the comic book. I had to ask my husband a lot. I was like, okay, now where do I go? Now where do I go? So this one for the first timer, maybe not if they had a guide like Dean said, but uh, no, nah, dude, I forgot. I don't even remember issue one because it all just kind of blended because I just kept swiping. I was like, no, this is I got to keep going. Like this is just good i'm like does it really stop page turner (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. basically yeah
1: yeah well um they like they do a great job with full page spreads and they have so much black in this first kind of half of the book yeah um where you're underwater and, and you're only seeing a little bit of color and you're seeing silhouettes of stuff and they're using the text boxes kind of in these black places and yeah like tess had mentioned the the uh the text boxes they're they're kind of floating and making their way down the page so it is a little bit you know you almost have to follow the art to follow the words more so than just following the words to kind of follow the page well they
2: they do this thing throughout the book um sean murphy does where there's like there's there's like this background page that's going across both of them it's going across both pages and then all of a sudden there's you know all these different panels that go across and so what you're supposed to do is read that back page first you're supposed to read that top half that's going oh. like across the two pages okay and then like the little panels and so I noticed this as soon as I opened it up this time I was like oh this is going to be a little tricky to read um, but once you kind of get the hang of it then you can your See, eyes get I track I didn't have
1: any trouble reading it
3: yeah, no, I, I mean, guess I'm, I didn't have trouble I'm, either. I was just like, if it was a new person, maybe they wouldn't. But like, it it read so fast, yeah. like a movie. It yeah. was great. It was like frame, yeah. frame, I did real frame. Fast. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I think why it goes fast, just for these first like five issues, is kind of what Corey said, where it just checks all the boxes. Like first, you're like, get the team together. Okay, cool. Down in the sea, scary already. There doesn't even need to be a monster. And then they show you the monster. Then the next chapter, they're like, oh, there's thousands of monsters. And then the next chapter, they're just like, there's a big motherfucking monster. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just keeps going and going and going. And I just, like, I can never put it down. And and then, spoilers, fifth issue, they're like, oh, let's kill everybody.
1: Well, don't spoil it. Like Dang,
3: like you yet. just went okay, right for try, the murder. Try, try. <laughs> <laughs> just, maybe,
2: Tim,
1: you said we weren't going to walk through the book. Well, I know, but let's talk about maybe <laughs> hey, the first half. Of okay, it, 27 minutes
3: issues. in. He made it this
1: That's far, <laughs> No, it's he five. made it seven minutes in, Tess. He's talking about the ending at seven minutes. That's what I'm saying. The
2: first five issues. Everybody dies at the end of the, like <laughs> okay. at the end of the fifth well, issue. Then
1: let's let's talk a bit about what happens in in those five issues. So basically, this this mur, they're called the myrs. Yeah, the so murres. this myrrh that they have captured ends up getting out, kind of runs amok on the oil rig, and is basically killing people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, and that's the settle. best
3: thing,
0: like like you see how much damage one mer does, and that's right. always the fun twist. We're like, man, I f- we finally got rid of this one, and then all of a sudden, boom, hundreds, and you're like, oh yeah. fuck me, right? Like how how is that? How can you handle that? But I think they did a great job of making the mer terrifying, making the mer, like uh, uh, you know totally effectual as a hunter and everything, and then boom, you got. Now, you, you, just, you got too many to deal with. There's no dealing with this.
1: It's like your Aliens vibe, Corey, where uh, if you take the movie Alien where you're dealing with a single alien and then you go to Aliens where there's hundreds and thousands of them. It's like this, like they start you off real slow with one who's killing everybody, right? And a little bit of the rig gets flooded and this myrrh is now able to swim in like two feet of water, right? Mm. So it can kind of, it's, which is really cool. And it can go anywhere it wants. But then really quickly, the, the rig is overrun with hundreds and thousands of them. And they can spit like a hallucinogenic um, type of liquid. Like
3: venom of uh, some sort?
1: Something like that, yeah. that. So the people, they don't even like really understand what's going on. They'll just see these weird scenes. And then the next thing they know, they're getting like bitten and attacked by this myrrh. So I love like, those
3: because they didn't even warn the audience. They didn't show us that they got spit. It was just like, all of a sudden, turn the page, where where the fuck are we? Yeah, exactly. Really,
0: yeah, that yeah, that was, was cool. such a cool little like spin on it you know like like you know I'm you know we're reading this and I'm thinking you know Ape Sapien I'm thinking you know all the different movies that we've seen and I've never seen one where like you know the creature's glands and its pheromones can like affect you like hallucinatory wise and I was like that's such a fun little spin and not you know not without not outside the realm of of, you know uh, animals like you know uh, frogs (laughs) toxic frogs like all these animal creatures out there can do things with their glands and you know they're poisonous or whatever so like it, it still fits like it wasn't some kind of weird ex machina thing um, my biggest my biggest hurdle in this whole entire comic to get over was the giant myrrh. uh I was like I was like okay evolutionarily speaking like how does that thing work you know and then even a f- little bit further on when they use it as a as a device like as an actual vehicle I'm like okay now that was like I don't know. Like I wanted it to because even the, the alien queen versus the alien like Xenos, uh, she looks different, uh, you know, and she's not that much bigger. She's not like a skyscraper versus, you know, a human sized. So I don't know. For me, I was like, it's visually it's really cool, but it kind of took me out of the realism of the comic book. But at the same time, I was aware that, you know, you sort of need it. It's, it's fun. It's it's fun. You know, like they err on the side of fun versus the side of realism. And I'm always okay with that. But it just took me a little bit out of it, especially when the when the book itself was just checking so many marks that were for me, you know, and then that was the one that kind of was like, oh, okay, all right. It's a comic book. That's it- right. You're going to do comic book things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is this is where we get into the whole thing with um, the writer and the artist throwing these ideas um, back at each other and trying to one-up each other. This is a perfect example of where you can you can say, okay, let's have this merman, this mer-creature, terrorizing an oil rig and killing everybody. Nobody can stop this mer. And the next guy's saying, okay, let's have a thousand of them. Okay, let's do that. Now let's have a gigantic one, right? Yeah. That nothing could ever possibly stop. So it's that they just keep taking it to these new extremes.
2: Yeah, and I think they when they just have that one and they need to create the terror for that one, Um, movies, it's easy. You can put music in it. You can create tension, but in a movie with like setting the tone by with the music and with slowly moving through something, it's a little bit different in a comic book, because we can look at everything that's happening before, like, as soon as we turn the page, we can just look at that last panel on the next page, we can kind of see it all. And I think with the art, they unfold it so slowly that I actually feel tense. Those like those scenes. Yeah, those scenes where you're they're like hallucinating. You don't know what's going on Mm -hmm. until you turn that page. Like you said, Tess, you turn that page and you're like, whoa, what's going on? Where are we? Yeah, like a new scene. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not
3: a new scene. And then we got tricked. And then it just like like you said before, there's like five different genres in this comic book. And this just like, as we're on top of that, it's like, okay, wait, now we're in a totally different setting. I'm confused. Oh, wait, no, we're back. Wait, do I they like they fuck with us too? So like that was cool. That was Totally. So you're like, cool. oh wait,
2: no, I'm not confused. You're confused. The character in the books confused. Yeah, I was <laughs> good. I was on board. Yeah. Well, you feel like you're hallucinating too, right? Like yeah. you're yeah, right there with yeah. them.
1: Yeah. So, basically these um these 5 issues for the most part, it's these humans trying to get off the rig, yeah. trying to escape the rig. There's a real cool part where Lee is telling this story about this whale called the 52 whale. Now, Did I'm I'm not really going to get into what that
3: whale? Sorry. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to get into like that story. But it's the way that they tell us the story and it's as this crew of like three or four of them are trying to escape from the rig. And it's like they're running and it's covering multiple pages, them running and trying to escape. And it's this story that progresses through these pages as well. And I'm just on the edge of my seat like... Ready to hear what this story is going to be like, yeah. how this story is going to end, and also like, are they going to get off this fucking rig? Like, what's going to happen? Are yeah. all going to like? Are they going to get killed? I don't know. So I love like I love that aspect of storytelling when they do something yeah. like that, where both the art and the words are moving at such a rapid pace, and I'm just there, like just trying to hold on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. And yeah.
0: and another yeah. check marked box for me. I love it in movies or comic books or books or whatever when you tell a story inside of that story, like someone like delivers a monologue or something. You know, like, uh, the, the sea was angry that day, my friends in Seinfeld, you know, I just, I love it when you, when you tell a story inside of a story.
3: Jim, are you, are you talking about the part where she tells how the humans kind of split off and evolved into half more people, half land?
1: No, she was telling the story about, um, there was this weird sound that they had captured and they thought it was a whale, but it didn't really sound like a whale so they called it this 52 right. Hertz whale or whatever. And I think mm-hmm. what they ended up um, saying was that they thought it was a, almost like a voice. The whale had heard that it was repeating. Um, so I think ultimately what it was, was that a whale had possibly heard one of these sounds from a myrrh and then just was able to reproduce it, but didn't know what it was saying or was gotcha. trying to communicate with it. But
2: and, and that 52 Hertz whale is a real thing. That oh, is it? it? Yeah. It's, it, they call it the loneliest whale. It swims up every year. I think it was near Vancouver, actually. It swims up. It does this call at 52 Hertz and no one answers because like no, oh, I, no other whale no answers. Yeah. That's so cool. Scott Snyder loves to do, do like take history and just write a story that's kind of, you know, off the wall comic book, but like intertangle it with that history. Like he in American Vampire, he'll just write that this one town that. Uh, a bunch of people died and they don't know why. He'll just write in that it was vampires. Oh. Vampires wanted. Oh, did oh, they? Uh, <laughs> did they
0: reference the Roanoke uh, Island uh, disappearance in, in American Vampire? I don't know. Maybe. I haven't
2: read it all. Well, I'm well, trying to remember if that's what they did. Well, re-
0: regardless, I love that. I love it when you take yeah. like a real thing and, you know, or like, uh, they could have even done the bloop, you know, um, that, uh, sound the, that they find in the the ocean. They call it the, the bloop because that's the, the sound it makes and they don't know what's making it, but there's this bloop sound. You can look it up. It's like Google it. It's like called the bloop sound or something. B L O P because that's, that's what it just eerie. does. It goes bloop. You know, I like that kind of stuff. I love, uh, ocean mysteries i love like you know could it be something weird crypto you know zoic type of thing i love cryptids i love all that kind of stuff so again all the check marks all the boxes bop 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 yeah
3: Ba- Is that you checking off? Yeah, but then I was like, but I did not have a box
0: for Pacific Rim, like for ki- uh, kaijus. I was like, huh, didn't know there was a kaiju in this one. <laughs> well,
3: I love this part too, where it's like we realized that the reason, what's the head guy's name that put the team together? What's his name Cruise? again? Reeves?
0: Cruz. Cruz. Why did I Cruise. say Reeves?
3: Cruz. When you put them all together, we realized that there's like the mythos guy, the, the whale girl, some other scientist, and then like the whale girl starts, I'm sorry, I'm calling her whale girl. It's Lee right yeah sorry I'm not very good with names of comic books I'm like the lady that's like the main lady but like then we realize why he picked those parts of the person because it kind of creates a whole story
2: yeah exactly and that's one of my favorite parts when everyone's trying to discuss like oh I thought here I was here for this and I thought I was here for this and Cruz is like
0: Yeah, you're all right. You're
3: all
2: here for a reason.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And side note, uh, I love Cruz's death is is my favorite death. When he has the uh, explosive decompression.
3: (laughs) I like when he dies and he doesn't live anymore.
1: You're such a jerk, Corey. Cruz was my favorite character. Oh
3: yeah, he's a
2: good guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's such a good guy. One of my best friend. Wait, did I misread this book?
3: <laughs> Are we still in the first issue? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's the hero, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: yeah so basically, uh, it's it's everybody you know trying to get off, and what ends up happening is nobody gets off. Hmm. They all end up dying. Um, there's this part at the at the end of of the fifth fifth book that just crushes me. It's when uh, Lee, who has like a, a young um, son at home yes Uh, at at the very beginning of the book um she's supposed to like supposed to get together with him and have him over and he's reminding her to pick up these hdmi cables because he doesn't want to bring his own from home so but now she has to go away for a week and she's like oh i you know i'll get back and get these hdmi cables and she gets one last chance to like call him as she's in this little mini sub that's about to explode and she calls him up and you know has to say like I'm not coming home like I'm about to die and he's Mm -hmm. like did you get my HDMI cables and like my heart just sunk that I realized in that moment look she's she's not going to be the hero of this book she's actually going to die right here right now and like I was crushed by that I was like oh my goodness I think I I had to put it down like I had to take a moment to just kind of like gather myself I was like wow this is really strange but yeah, I guess um, when she's talking to her son there at the end, he says that there's whirlpools coming up all yeah. over the mm-hmm. world. So these Mers are like waging war against the earth at the end of this book. And that's pretty much where that one ends. Yeah,
2: yeah. And that that moment where she kind of realizes that they're going down and they're not coming back up. The heartbreaking part for me is when she says – we can't go down. We can't be dying because I didn't get the cables yet. Yeah, right. it's just it's such a human moment. Yeah, where it's like, no, we can't do that because I told them I got the cables, but I actually haven't. She didn't get like,
0: that thing. Doesn't matter now. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, it just
2: crushed me. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm, so. I'm with both you guys. I was it was very uh, it was very emotional at the end. I was rooting for them. Yeah. I was like, cool. I-, I wanted to see them see them win. You know, but mm-hmm. but the but you know the direction that this goes is is another reason to to make this book really special and. Really cool.
3: Well, and they cut off her story really quick, and then all of a sudden we're in part two, and I'm like, wait, wait, is this, is that like an, I thought it was like a two part story at one point. I'm like, no, they come together, but then I realized that we see this girl in part one. We actually see her as the first character in the, the comic. Or we do like a, I don't know what you call it, not a flashback, but a pre flash forward. Yeah, at the beginning. Yeah yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. You see that there's she like two in, pages. She was the first. Yeah. And, and, and the, yeah.
0: the artist uh, does a great job of, not he he retains his style, but the look of the first part of the book is st- such a traditional underwater horror movie look to it, very dark and everything. Then the second half is all colorful and bright and has a completely different like style to it. And that's what's freaking awesome. And he, you know, he does a better job uh than than Waterworld does, that's for sure. Than than, um, <laughs> than Kevin Costner excuse did. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Waterworld was great. Oh, you like Waterworld too? My buddy Diallo. Uh we we always give a shout-out to my buddy Diallo and OCD, uh, he loves Waterworld too. So maybe you guys should should go be friends. But uh, that movie's trash. <laughs> okay, we'll go be friends. You should, she... you should go for a swim.
3: <laughs> no, <laughs> with the mer people. <laughs> with the mer people, yeah. Hey, hey,
0: they can be nice. They can, oh, they uh, can
3: okay, but you that's, can't I, fear well, them. That's I have so many
0: thing. questions. Now that we're in the second half of the book, I, I, we need to get to the end because I have a million so, and one questions.
1: I just, I want to say one quick thing about the the first part and then we can move on. And it's that I, now, as much as I like where this book went, I was hoping this book would be 10 issues of the first five issues. Uh, I wanted that underwater uh, kind of horror story the whole time. Yeah. It went somewhere else. I'm okay with that. But I would still love to see 10 issues of this, this underwater oil rig and these MERS um, just kind of expanded upon mm-hmm. so that's that's my only beef yeah. with this book is just that like i would have liked to have seen and happen.
2: you would have like the the heroes win like they they, they don't come even have to end. win they don't okay. even have
1: to win but just just prolong everything give me more of what's happening like make uh make the escape longer make the uh like the lead up to the myrrh uh, make that a little longer make uh, just the let's dig into the characters a little bit more um these these interesting characters who have all come together on this submarine let's dig into that a little bit so uh, while it does move fast and that's great I would have liked to have seen um, that other side of it. That's all.
0: I would probably have to completely agree with you on that one. Um, Because, I mean, again, I love where it went. I had a lot of fun where it went. I love world building. I think all that stuff is fun. But... I love underwater monster movies more than I love like Waterworld type of movies. So I'm like, I, I think we could have gotten more tension out of a drawn out story of the first half. Uh, I think we, and, and conversely, I think we might've gotten more world building if the second half was 10 issues versus just the five. So I, right. I it, while it's fun that we got these two different stories, I am almost wondering if both of them were a little underserved uh, in order to serve the bigger picture. Now, I think the bigger picture got served perfectly. I think the bigger picture that they were trying to, to tell was was perfect. And they would probably tell you that like there was I wouldn't be surprised if they if they said, you know, said to you like, well, yeah, but they just what we didn't just have that much even there to make 10 issues out of for the underwater stuff. You know, like I would be like, OK, that makes sense. But as someone who loves stuff like Leviathan and Deep Rising, I wanted more of the underwater horror, you know?
3: I disagree with all y'all.
0: <laughs> Great, um, <laughs> perfect. I
3: would rather have a short, gooey story and love it and want to go back, like Firefly season one. Um, but also I, but like I wouldn't rather than I would want that more than I want like a long, drawn out story that just keeps kind of elongating these characters that may not be need to be told, kind of like Star Wars a little bit. No, oh. but um. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sorry, Corey. It's a safe space. You, you can go, say whatever right? you want here.
3: Thank you. I oh, know. He can't get me from here. I'm, he's too far away. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, the second part, we've so- sort of touched on it just a little bit, but it goes, it's 200 years in the future. And it's this complete off the rails sci-fi story still in the same world, but it's it's 200 years after the MERS have basically taken over the earth for for lack of a better better term like there's still pockets of of resistance out there there's still people living mind you they're living at mostly high altitudes away from the water but they're still there but like life as we had known it is is gone and changed
2: yeah and i think how the book opens is really important to kind of set the tone for these next five issues um the beginning first five very dark a lot of blacks um and then the next five opens up and it's very colorful it's very different. We see a woman in the water swimming. This is, we saw this at the end of uh, the the chapter five, right? People so swimming in the water. So far
1: we know that this is a bad thing to swim in Being in the water, in the water the no good.
2: <laughs> yeah. And then we go underwater and we see that there's a ton of mers there. And it's so like, okay, well, this is really bad. And it's actually her who's trapping them. Right. And she ends up cutting off one of their heads and taking it with her. So we know already, well, the world is different. We were afraid of them. They were the number one thing to fear in the first five issues. But now that we've started in the next five, they're not sort of like, they're not they're the not biggest helpless. fear. Yeah, yeah. They're, the, the,
1: the people aren't helpless.
2: Yeah. The people have figured out how to deal with them.
1: Yeah. yeah and I, I just wanted to mention, uh, Tess had mentioned it. This book, uh, this like issue number six, book two, it does start off and it says part two, like right at the beginning of that. So it's not like they're just trying to... Um, make us feel like we're, you know, having a nice segue into this new story. They tell you, like, this is this this is the second part. This is this is the next part.
0: Yeah. And his um, I keep forgetting his name. Uh, Snyder. No, that's the writer. Um, the artist. Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, his his art style is so versatile that he. I just, I loved what he did with the the post-apocalyptic. It doesn't feel Mad Max. It doesn't feel Waterworld. Because feels... there's water.
3: Oh.
0: <laughs> but it feels, it feels like its own thing. I, I, he does a good job of making it feel like its own thing. Like I could take, you could take pictures, you know, of it and be like, okay, that's Wake, that's, you know, that's something else. Like it just, it feels like its own living, breathing universe that he created. And the artist is, uh, he does a good job of that, I think, of maintaining the same space style the same aesthetic but but making it very different
1: i think what helps and what was probably my favorite um, aspect of the art slash coloring probably mostly to do with the coloring but they have texture in all of the colors so all the pages instead of just your plain let's say purple background it's a purple background with texture on it Mm -hmm. and as you take these textures through The whole 10 issues, it kind of makes them all feel cohesive and together, even though these colors are very different from Mm. books one to five and books six to 10. So Mm -hmm. I really appreciated that they did that because it it, it worked. It felt really tight.
3: Well, he definitely had to make it seem like time had passed. Yeah. You know, whereas like the, 200, the the one from the past was a little bit darker and even their clothes are different. And like this one, it was obviously more futuristic, futuristic, whatever. I don't even know when this second part, when that year is. I mean, they it's don't even 200 say. 200 years
1: ahead. I think right.
3: Be, but like, yeah. is it 1996? Or oh, we, oh, oh, the actual year. four yeah. hundred? Yeah.
1: No, no, they don't say. Yeah, we, we don't know. So, but it, it, it's really cool. Like they're, their, you know, air quotes, futuristic vehicles are really awesome. It's like- yeah. um trucks like yeah. uh suvs and stuff tied right. to like big blimps right know? yeah yeah. yeah. So it's like they're still driving cars <laughs> yeah. but they're just flying them through the air <laughs> yeah, and yeah. there's all these like weird flying ships and it's yeah a lot of cool stuff yeah
3: yeah
2: and leeward has like this glider that's being pulled by like a dolphin yes. yeah she's a
1: dolphin yeah <laughs> a pet dolphin that helps
3: I'm, her out yeah his name is dash yeah and he has a sonar protective unit on him i love that so much <laughs> so yeah, it's, great
1: it's
2: cool so where do we want to go? Well, um, where, like I mean, to the end? Oh
1: well, no, no, no. Let's, let's, do it. let's
2: do a little Dean,
3: bit. It's your, it's your time. It's your cue. That's your cue.
1: <laughs> I still have a few minutes to okay, go. Yeah, I'll on. take a ten-minute break. Oh, hold on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what we could say is that kind of the story of this second part is uh, "Leeward." Our character in the second one is called "Leeward." So this is one of these classic things that you don't really do in a comic book. You don't have two characters with a similar name like this. Just one of the things that they decided to throw at the window. Let's just go ahead and do it. Um, well, I
0: took it as is. I took it as she might be actually a descendant of Lee Archer, maybe because I mean uh, she, she her, could be, You yeah. know, her son did technically survive, and she did tell him like you know get supplies, go inland. Um, so maybe he, you know, her son had more of a heads up than pretty much anyone else. Kind of on the planet did. Um, mm. So I, I took it as her name was similar because I took it as she was a descendant. Oh, and, and she has the same um, tear duck issue. Uh, so that, Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I, right. I, I, th- I thought my takeaway was that they used the similar name to keep her connected that way. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, could be, could be. I like that, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, but when she saw her, she wasn't like grandma, so they weren't. Yeah. Well,
0: <laughs>
2: well, yeah.
3: Yeah. No, I know. That's yeah.
2: but- So nice to see you. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. Hey. See you. Get out of here.
0: <laughs> oh. oh. But they for-
1: they forget, right? They forget. Uh,
0: can so. we talk when can oh, yeah. we- when can we talk about the tear ducks? When can we talk about it cuz I don't
1: understand <laughs> it. Um, well, I think we can talk about it soon, but we should probably get through kind of the story of what's happening in yeah. the second part because the tear okay. deck stuff, it all comes up at the yeah, end. Yeah, it's,
0: it's all in that last beefy issue, right? It's, there. All,
1: it's all in the last the last one. Okay. So I'll, I'll just maybe go through this really quick then. So Leeward, um, she trades four of these merheads in for a piece of technology called the ear. Now, apparently people want these merheads because they want to use this uh, like the hallucinogenic... Uh, tear ducks or whatever. Uh, I am assuming for drugs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Corey, would you smoke a bowl of, of uh, myrrh tear ducts? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too.
0: <laughs> s- see you on the other side, right?
3: <laughs> some. I mean, if they have hallucinogenic venom, I mean, that's going to be a trip, my friend. That is that yeah. is
0: literally going to be a trip.
1: <laughs> uh, so there's. Kind of like the, the the leading power or the leading gover- government is um, an organization called The Arm. Mm-hmm. It's led by a governess and kind of her number one general. And they get wind that Leeward has this ear technology, which is like a piece of radio technology. And she actually picks up a transmission from Lee Archer saying, we're alive down here and we know how to – something like we know how to survive or we know how to win this or so- something like that. So The Arm – doesn't want anybody to have this ear. They catch wind that uh, Leeward has it and they go after her, they capture her. She kind of goes on this whirlwind adventure. Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of stuff happening. There's uh, pirates, like Corey had mentioned earlier. These pirates have taken over one of the giant mers, and they kind of live inside it. It's like their vehicle. I, I thought that was really neat. Like when yeah. that, because she leeward gets swallowed by it, and you think she's dead. Then all of a sudden, it's like people driving it. And it's like a submarine, and I, th- I thought that was a real neat idea.
2: Yeah, I don't even really get it. It's like, like you I said, don't get did how they, it works. Do they take over one, or like, did they just build some sort of submarine that looks like one, so they're hidden? Um, I I thought that they took one over somehow. It's pretty good camouflage. Yeah.
0: And and that's that was again. Those were the two main things that I had a problem with was the giant one. And then now they take a giant one and they mechanize it um, internally. And I'm like, okay, but how did you do that? And I almost wish I had one page of the the, the captain saying, you know, just doing a little dialogue of how they could possibly do something like that. I get that you capture it. I get that you can kill it. I don't get how you can, on limited means, gut it and make it, you know, sustain life inside of it. But. It's fun. Again, it's like one of those things where I'll take the air on the side of fun versus having it be realistic and just say, all right, fuck it. I I don't know. I can't explain it. But it was still something that just kind of kept nagging at the back of my head. You know, like, how does this work Mm -hmm. type of thing? Because it's because I guess maybe if it wasn't a post-apocalyptic world, I could swallow it because I go, okay, technology is very advanced, but it's like... Yes, it's 200 years in the future, but it's also 200 years in the future with, like, you know, devastation. So technology is probably not going to be advancing that much. Again, who gives a shit, though? Like, who cares, I guess, is, is the takeaway. Just have fun with it. But it, it it's cool. It's definitely cool. I just wish I understood how it worked.
1: I'm I'm going to sound like the broken record here. But again, it's this Sean yeah. Murphy, Scott Snyder thing where you've got this giant myrrh now. Well, here, let's one up it. How about some pirates take it over? They got it and they use it like the good guys use it. The good guys have one too, right? It's like these ideas that just keep getting more and more absurd as we go.
3: They were smoking some tears. While <laughs> it be, hey man, you know yeah. what we can do? Is just capture one of those
0: big ones and gut it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> hey guys, I got
3: it. I got it. Yeah, but like, I,
2: big this one. one. Yeah, but to have so much fucking venom. Or- <laughs> but,
0: but like, Tess and I always talk about, um, you know, on on OCD because um, you know she she'll be vocal about the fact that you know she's she's new to comics and everything, and and this might have thrown her for a loop. But like. For me, for this, I did the same thing, Test Like, I turned the page and was like, wait, what? Wait, what? And then I had to, like, do, like, mm-hmm. a, a back forth. Like, did I miss something? Like, it took me, like, a little bit to kind of figure out, like, what happened. Like, I was looking in the picture. I was like, did she get eaten, and as much as I like Sean Murphy's art, sometimes, just sometimes, it can be a little muddled in in some of the the finer details of things, Um, and I don't know if it's his inker or what, um, but this was one of those times where, like, it was a good, like, few minutes of me trying to, like, sort out what happened, and then I was like, oh, wait, oh, they're controlling it, oh, okay, okay, all right, yeah, yeah, I can, I can dig it. But reading comic books my entire life doesn't mean I'm gonna understand everything that that they throw at me like right out of the gate. You know what I mean? And even earlier, what Tess was saying with the dialogue and everything, I had the actually sometimes had the same problem of actually following where the uh uh, you know where to sort of read next. You know, you you realize oh okay I gotta go read that first. My bad. You know, and like you kind of like the only the more experience that I have is just knowing when I went down the wrong path and knowing that I should just go back. But it doesn't mean that I don't sometimes go down the wrong dialogue path when I'm reading these books, you know?
3: Like a metaphor for life.
0: <laughs> there, that is a metaphor for life. And I, at the age of 40, I had 42, 42. I still go 42. down all, all the wrong paths. My, my, wife, <laughs> my wife, my wife keeps me on the right path though. <laughs> she
3: does. She does. Okay.
1: So there's, there's some really cool, really cool scenes with that giant Murr where it, it Attacks and destroys this like a uh, cruise line mm. that the arm has taken over, and it's like one of their big <laughs> ships. And the mer just like yeah. jumps over the water and is kind of the same size. Yeah, just kicks the shit out of that thing. Yeah, uh, I just I just wanted to throw that in there. I really like that part of it. <laughs>
3: I like the cool. violence. Yeah, I like all the
1: violence. I like when
2: like all those people die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So many. You know how many people can
0: get on a cruise ship? A lot. Oh, I know. It's yeah. full of people who die. Yeah. Speaking, so of, speaking of cruise, can we talk about when Cruise's head exploded again? Because I love that. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> that was a great scene. Hey, back to
3: the other murder.
0: Um... <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, favorite murders. Yeah, yeah
3: go. <laughs> <laughs> Top five murders, go. <laughs>
1: okay so leeward is with these pirates she convinces them to go after the signal so not only did leeward pick up the signal but she knows the location of like it's telling them to go somewhere Mm -hmm. so they go like it takes them three months to get there it's like way up in the arctic um the arm shows up there has been following them and they go to where the signal is they don't really find anything which is kind of weird and then they kind of run back to the murr They try to get back in the murr and Leeward starts to get overtaken by the myrrhs because right. the, the arm is there. They've got all these ships. They're shooting down on them. And basically this is Leeward kind of dying. Like her, her attempts to figure this all out have failed, but she kind of falls into the water and she sees uh, Lee Archer as like this ghost mm-hmm. and we have seen these ghost figures before in the book. We didn't touch on it here, but they've made their way through a couple times. Like these scenes of, it was uh, originally Lee being the one who kind of saw a ghost in the water. But anyways, the, Lee Archer greets her and Lee says that these murs took her and these other people down to the place where they now live in a type of stasis. Basically that takes us to the last chapter. Mm-hmm. So I know everybody... Wants to we're say something to about this. Yeah. So <laughs> like, I, I've, I've got a bit of a write-up just explaining what happens in that book. Do you want me to read that so the listeners kind of understand what we're talking about? Or do you guys want to just jump in with your thoughts on it?
3: You can give us the premise, I yeah, think.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with Tess because okay. that might answer whatever questions we have.
1: Sure. Okay, <laughs> so what we get in this last issue is Lee Archer telling a, a creation story. Basically, it's about us. It's about humans. How we would travel from planet to planet, planting life. Once life on that planet grew close to the level of our achievement, we would return there and destroy the inhabitants. But what would happen was there's this weird thing with our tears and our tear ducts. We would cry at all this like murder that we were doing. And the tears had some sort of chemical quality to them that caused us to forget everything over the course of a couple hundred years. Now, on this particular planet,
0: wait, wait, wait. So hold on, sorry. All right. So my first part. So we, as in we, the spacefaring we, we the the humans that are in space. We go to planet. Let's just say Pluto. So it's not Earth. We go to Pluto. It it takes. We seed it with life. It takes, and we so gotta kill
3: people first. Kill people first. Well,
0: that's no. We
1: we plant we plant the seed of life,
0: right? We so we put the seed there, and then when like so say say spacefaring is rung ten, and this humanity is at rung eight or nine of the ladder, right before they get to space, right before they get to space. So they basically almost terraformed the entire planet to be human compatible. We as in the we spacefaring we humans go to that planet, wipe all those humans out, and just say, well, it's ours now. But f you guys, you basically, so you guys laid the groundwork for us. You made the planet habitable for us, but you guys don't get to live. We eradicate you, and when we do that, we cry and we forget. Is is am I understanding it? Is that I'm asking? Uh, yeah, you, but that I don't 100%, understand. okay. Okay,
3: hundred
1: percent. That's okay. exactly what it it is. Okay. So on, Tess, you look confused. Did you want to ask anything?
0: <laughs> no,
3: I. Like... <laughs> I liked my theory.
1: (laughs) I would like to hear your theory after.
3: Uh, I'll keep keep going though. I want to tell you what I thought thought you said, but go ahead.
1: Okay. So what ends up happening on this particular planet, that's where all these ghosts are currently living. They're living down on this ship, which landed here however long ago. And these humans living on the planet wiped out whatever species was one step below them. But what you have on this planet is you have the MERS and they have a unique counter to our tears which forget they have a tear duct that allows people to remember so you'll notice when these mers were spitting this venom or this toxin to people they were remembering some of their most favorite moments right like there's one of the guys was seeing his wife like in a mm. in a forest and she was naked and it's, it's all these wonderful memories of of these people's achievements so the mers have that ability to provide that to us in the first book, like the first five stories, there, they discovered something at the bottom of the ocean. They didn't know what it was, and they put together this group. I don't know if you remember, uh, Lee Archer worked for some organization um, called SNet or something like that.
3: Yeah, she got fired from. Right. Okay.
1: SNet was a, a sonic net that was going to disable whatever this thing was down there that they didn't know, so that they could kind of try to like annihilate it before it happens. The Mers see this happening they see us getting close enough to canceling out any memory of what's left and they decide to come and prevent us from ultimately forgetting what had happened here so they come they attack they take us kind of on this journey where this spaceship is able to rise out of the water with the surviving people still on it and it's at that very second where the ship comes out you'll notice the mers they're they're in the water with the people and they're friendly they just wanted us to remember it, that that we can be great that we're not like they don't want us to forget because we were right on the verge of forgetting forever that this ship yeah. existed and that these we were like traveling and doing these things so uh,
3: wow you <laughs> did it you did it you, i did you, it you did so it. the
1: ship of ghosts kind of comes out of the water at the end there and and uh, ultimately I assume takes off and goes to do this to another planet
0: okay and in- and that's why there's that last shot of of uh Leeward with the, her dolphin in the boat and then a bunch of Myrrhs like with her. And I was like that's why I was like I was like, so there are friends now? I didn't I, and 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 you explaining it makes me understand it, but not necessarily like it. Um Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think it's, it's so
1: far fetched. It's it's very, yeah. it's
0: very yeah, Tess, yeah, help help me through here, Tess. What what do you
1: it's th- too much, it's too much for a single issue. Yeah. To kind of unfold yeah. all that.
3: Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it needed some more. I think that. So like I'm sorry, I'm gonna get kind of a little spiritual here, but I understand some spirituality is like you come here and you are basically trying to get to your highest self, like who you truly are past all the bullshit in life. And I feel like that is, like, there's a lot of talk of, like, remembering and getting back to your true self and who you actually are and stuff like that. And I think that's probably where Scott, Mr. Scott, got a lot of this story is, and I think that's where the metaphor lies as well, where the Mers were like, oh, not my theory on fear is just annihilated. No, no, no.
1: It, no, it's not. It's not at all, test. Okay. It's at the very moment where humanity... Is about to drop this S net on this spaceship. And okay. why are we, do- why are we, do- we know nothing about it. Why are they doing that? Because they're afraid. They're afraid mm-hmm. of yeah, what fear. this ship is. It's, it's fear. So they want to okay. just put an end to this because of fear. And at that moment, the MERS realize. The humans are doing this out of fear. They're better than that. We need to stop this.
0: And, and I get that Whoa. as, like, a story conceit. But then we get nothing from the MERS and, like, of, of, of an idea of, like, what their intelligence is and the fact that, like, uh, Snyder says that they are possibly – they were just indigenous to this planet uh, or they evolved sort of, like, separately from us. But basically um, – I, I I get all that I, I still I get all of that but I guess what I'm trying to say or what I have a hard time with is seeing that the actual MERS had that in their mind do you know what I mean like as a motivation totally. like I because yep. I guess because we saw them they looked so animalistic and they behaved animalistic maybe if they had given us a little bit more insight into into how they were and stuff like that I love Heidi concepts I love the concept that he's spitting right now like I love that I'm cool with that i i'm digging on it like i love my my you know grant morrison i love all this stuff but like i feel like there wasn't enough on paper to back up what he was what he was trying to push forward to the best of the like to to a better degree i mean he still pushed it for but to a, a better degree and i do like the fact that like he also took the whole um real world thing of like we don't actually know why we have tear ducks, you know. I, I like that, how Dean, uh, I think you were saying earlier, how he kind of, like, takes these ideas that are real-world ideas and then brings them into here with a sci-fi spin. And I've heard that before, like, like we don't, you know, we don't know why we have tear ducks and everything. And I like that. I liked him, you know, saying that, like, we're the only species that, that cries and stuff. And I'm just like, okay, that probably sounds about right. I don't really know, but okay, that sounds right. And I like that. I like him giving a, a reason for that. I guess, I guess I have, again, just a hard time with, like, tears. Being what kind of makes us forget or or remember or vice versa.
3: So the dolphin's name was Dash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a he was
0: a really ex- cool dolphin. <laughs> Cruise's he really head cool. exploded, and uh... yeah.
2: <laughs> so I've got a lot of thoughts on this ending. Um, so I'm going to try to put them together here. But I'll start with what I think about the Mers. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think it's, I think Earth, let's say this book takes place on Earth. I think Earth was their planet. And when the humans seeded and came down, they went deep into the ocean and hid. And I think all of these floods that are in history books are them just saying, fighting back as much as they can. Saying like, okay, enough of these people. I'm going to fight back. And along the way, I think they have collected people that they think are good people. People that are in tune with the land, people that are living with the animals, people that haven't just conquered and and actually want to live on that planet. They've taken them down to this spaceship so that one day this spaceship can take off and go to the Earth with all the best of Earth. Mm. And that's what I think their plan is. That's why I think they're very vicious in the beginning because they don't like 95% of humanity, but Ooh. there is a small percent... That are doing the right thing in their mind and they want to preserve those people so that they can send those people off to the next planet. So the next planet doesn't have to suffer from what they did.
0: So I I guess I I like I like all that you're saying there and all that makes sense. Except for the fact that the MERS have no connection to that ship. I guess for me, all of that would have made more of a connection if the MERS were the security guards of that ship, and then they've you know evolved and they've changed. like there was some sort of connection to a higher goal there. it's 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 like. It's like a great white shark, you know, you're in the water and a great white shark's like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to eat you because you seem like you're cool. So I'm going to take you down to this. Like, how does it know? You know, like, how does it, mm-hmm. it know that you, you even came from this ship, especially if we evolved sort of at the, at the same time?
2: Well, I think I think maybe these mer people actually used to be on land and water. Yes, and I yeah, think yeah. they, yeah, they were driven into the ocean because oh, right. we conquered. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah.
3: was the part in the beginning. That was that was probably my favorite part, where she talks about yeah. the possible evolution of these murs. Yeah, okay, where it's yeah. like humans basically split up between um, staying in the water and then going onto land, which is a cool concept because apparent apparently I wasn't there, but <laughs> we evolved from the water. Um, as you all know. Right. And so it's like a cool concept. It's like, wait, but what if we some decided to stay in the water and not evolve? What where was that? That's a spinoff right there. Where was that decision? Or how did that happen?
0: And and, and I wanna see that comic too. <laughs> like that would be a fun comic yeah. to see. Yeah.
3: Do, 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 do. <laughs> this is good. But- I think
1: I think ultimately it's it's very, very difficult to handle seeing these MERS for like 95 even more like 98 percent of this book be violent and aggressive towards humans and then mm-hmm. in two pages they turn and just expect us to feel okay about it like let's go back <laughs> to like an, an aliens reference what if the aliens were attacking for two hours and 20 minutes then right at the end in the last two minutes they just stop and there are friends now, and the movie ends. It would be impossible to feel good <laughs> about that.
3: You know?
2: I, I understand, but it, it's actually not just at the end because in Lee Archer's uh, memory of of when she was dragged underwater and saw the ghosts, they didn't harm her. They showed the, her the, the mer- mers yeah. showed her, yeah, yeah the flashback did the,
1: the ghost. With her dad. No, ghost. the
2: mers dragged her under and showed her that. Mm. Like, do they we ever al- see that though? Yeah. We don't
1: see the mers dragging her under.
2: Yeah, the, the that's when she first heard the noise. Yeah. Yeah, she had fallen over the the boat with her dad. She'd fallen in the water and they Oh, that's, her right. Under.
1: Yeah. that's right. That's right. like remember. they have her seeing a murr. I remember her falling over like looking right, into the water the, and seeing a ghost.
2: She didn't see the murr, but like the sound was going, like the murr's sound. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I think
3: that Tim's yeah. just trying to say like did they actually drag her or did she just fall under in underwater? Is that what you're saying?
1: Well, I'm saying like maybe the the ghosts were able to Come up and mm-hmm. choose people as well. Like maybe the I don't know. I I, I don't remember seeing an actual mer dragging someone down. No, we we didn't hear that see sound, yeah. right? But we, yeah. I mean, we're assuming that sound is a mer.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I think that yeah. It, I I think they're I I the people that they take are people that are very kind towards the environment.
1: Yeah. I mean, they they say that in the book. They say yeah. that they were choosing like um, select people for for a reason. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I I'm with Dean on that one. I I took it as. It was a myrrh dragging her into the water, but, you know, his his glands kind of gave her But like, why did he not eat her? I didn't know at the time, but I took it as he dragged her into the water. She fell over something like that. But it was a it was a myrrh thing. That's what I took it as in her flashback with her dad.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Snyder has said um, in an interview before that uh, he suffers from depression and a lot of hit that comes out in his writing. And I think this book is him trying to understand just sort of life. Mm-hmm. Like, th- I think the tear ducks thing is, why do we get so upset and cry and feel better? Like, I think right. he's just saying like, oh, we kind of forget the pain. That's where the crying comes in. We, Our crying is forgetting the pain. So these characters in the book that can't cry, they remember.
1: That's right. I always do feel good after a good cry.
2: Right? And, it, <laughs> and so he's trying to understand this. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I think that's where we get the end of the book where it's kind of positive right yeah, and it's like sure. life's an adventure just go out there and and, and get yeah, it yeah, like just I, do I like your, do your best why he's saying in this book that we shouldn't be here on earth right he's saying why do we wake up every day and feel like we don't belong we belong right. on a different planet it's it's again him writing about like why do i wake up every day even though i'm a successful writer and feel like i'm not doing the right thing mm-hmm. huh. i think it's just him putting some ideas together on why we might feel this way and why we might feel like we don't belong.
3: I think like wherever you are in life, you will certainly uh, interpret this differently. Whereas I took like a spiritual kind of thing. I was like, oh, yeah, you're trying to get to who you are. Whereas you took it as like more of like just a very different way. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. And I agree. I think at the different stages of your life, it's going to affect you differently.
3: Right, right, right. Which
2: is, for me, the magic of this book.
0: I like the big idea that it's that it's spinning. I like what he's saying because I I tuned into that too uh, when he was talking about like why do we always feel like we don't belong here? You know, I, I I like that. I think I think that phrase probably hit all of us. You know, like I think we all enjoyed mm-hmm. that because it was really really powerful. And I'm like, but I I guess. I guess I don't know if I wanted all of this heady stuff in my fun little underwater monster movie, right? Like,
3: like I. <laughs> Corey's I, like, I'm way too high I, right? on this. Right? I'm now. like, I'm like <laughs> this is
0: cool. This is really cool. But I don't know if this is the subject matter that serves these ideas better best because i like what he's saying i like what he's saying about maybe we came from the stars i like what he's saying about we forgot i like what he's saying about all this and that i even like the idea that there would be something on this planet that would kind of help us maintain who we are and kind of keep us in check you know but i don't feel like that this was the book to do all that in do you know what i mean why
3: why not uh because it's a very
0: different book
1: Cause Corey and I want our monster, our underwater monster book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: No, and, and test to, to answer your question. Like, I guess because I feel like the things I said earlier, like I don't understand the actual connection between, you know, they don't spell it out. Like what is the actual connection between the MERS and the people? Like they give us ideas. Like she, she speculates that this is maybe how they evolved. You know what I mean? But it doesn't come out and actually quite say it. So I'm like anytime, anytime, I guess, I guess in a movie, anytime you speculate towards something, there's always that idea. That it's not right, you know, mm. um, but I liked all the concepts and I and I and coming I actually looked at it more from your point of view Tess, with like a spiritual a- aspect of it or, or a magical aspect of it, you know, you know, with me and my grant Morrison. So I was like, yeah, I, I like the idea that like. Again, I like what it's saying I like the idea of, of humanity trying to to, to achieve better uh, be better um, if anything maybe I would have liked for them to her to have one Mur that we could communicate with and actually like talk to and and have some sort of connection to the Mur side of things you know and so they weren't just a, 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 a xenomorph you know there, there's even now they've even have Dark Horse comics where they've gotten into the head of a xenomorph you know uh, from aliens so mm-hmm. like it's doable I just I had a hard time I'm making the logic leaps some of these times into and, and and different yeah. areas, but I liked what it was trying to say. I liked the ideas that it was putting out there, but I just, at the end of the day, I really want just a monster movie underwater. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Agreed. I'm with you. <laughs> these
2: two parts are totally different. Oh, like yeah. the yeah. first five issues are for me just kind of like the greatest thing ever. Yeah, And then the last five issues are just this, you know, think piece that I can really read yeah. and start to, you know, look in yeah. the mirror and yeah. and just try to figure out life. And I like that too. I like, yeah. I like with Corey. I like both those things. They may, Maybe they didn't need to be together in the same book, but um, yeah. yeah, it's kind of weird that they both are. Yeah, um, no- but like you said, this is what they did. They just wanted to be they wanted to, crazy. Crazy. They yeah. wanted to mix genres. They wanted to do things you're not supposed to do.
1: Now you said you've read this five times. I know I read it two times, and the first time I read it, very very jarring. Wasn't quite sure of it. The second time, knowing all of what's already in it, it settled a lot better for me the second time round. Because I wasn't sad when that first five, those first five chapters ended. You know, I, I knew that that was going to happen. I knew that there was more coming, and I kind of allowed myself to look at it in a different light and I actually preferred this one on, on my second reading so I know Tess and Corey you're probably like us there's so much stuff out there that we have to read still <laughs> but it's really hard to go back and reread something yeah but if you do find yourselves rereading this down the line I think you'll you'll probably enjoy it actually a little bit more than the first time even though that even though you did enjoy it.
3: Yeah, oh, I, I yeah, I'm down. Yeah,
0: I it, it's one I would honestly like to own, and I probably would uh, reread mm-hmm. it. Um, and I know, like, I, I'm saying a lot of negative things about it, but I really did actually enjoy <laughs> it, and it was yeah, fun yeah. to read. You know, I just thought a couple things were a bit jarring, like you said, Tim. For sure, and I and I do think, yeah, probably on a, on a second go around. When will that be? Who the heck knows?
3: (laughs) But it's like, I could read this in a couple of years and have a totally different theory on it. Same comic book. You know what I mean? So that's like, maybe they don't belong together, but maybe they kind of do. And Scotty here, he knew what he was doing. He was like, I'm going to make, I'm going to make y'all think
2: a little bit. I think Tess is completely right there. I think when, where you are in your life, when you pick this up and read it, you're going to get a different take on
0: it. And it's going to be what you need in that moment.
2: Yeah. Yeah. At least it was for me. Yeah.
0: And and yeah. that's I mean any good piece of art, no matter what you know medium it is, should do that. It should hit you differently at, at different points in time of your life. I mean, I I would not have liked Last Jedi as much as I did if I had not gone through my own uh, struggles and and really kind of um, really tuned into Luke Skywalker. <laughs> like like I know like ninety nine percent of the people are like ah the Last Jedi Luke Skywalker is not my Luke Skywalker, and I'm that one percent of person. And I was like, no, that, I see how that went. I see how that went down. I can follow that yeah. trajectory. You know what I mean? <laughs> Corey, Corey, that is my Luke Skywalker. I, bro, bro, I'm, I'm with you, bro. I'm with you, bro. I, t- I, and I mean, he, <laughs> he redeems himself at the end of that movie, but he comes back around. But I, I totally get where his head was in that movie. Yep. And I think a lot of times, yep. and, and I'm just saying it because I think a lot of times people are like, you know, um, like, oh, that's not my Luke. Luke's always, you know, this and that. And I'm like, well, maybe you haven't hit rock bottom. Like, maybe you ha- personally have not hit rock bottom like I mean I'm not saying that I have but I've hit my own personal rock bottom before you know yeah. and uh, it's not the rock bottom but it was my rock bottom and uh, right. and, and and things resonate with you so the point it's like to tie it back in what Tess was saying like <laughs> the, it resonates with you the different time in your life when you when you actually you know experience it and I think that's a that's a very big thing and that's that's a testimony to good writing on Scott Snyder's part. Um, Cause just, you know, generic writing would just be, we'd just be like, Oh cool. That was fun. And we're done here, you know, but mm-hmm, this is, this mm-hmm. is I, this is excellent storytelling. It really is. I mean, as much as we have problems with it, like I, or you know, whatever you have problems, as much with as it, I have problems, I have no problems with, with it. With it. <laughs> 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 it's still good <laughs> writing and it's still cool world building. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic
1: story. I would like to, invite all of the listeners to read this book it is fantastic yes. you will you will love it um i i don't know how you could not love this book there's so many interesting things so many fun things yeah there's things that certain people aren't gonna like for whatever reason but ultimately it's such a it's such a unique book like you don't you don't find books like this very often it's just it's very fresh and uh i'm gonna say lovable so yeah yeah <laughs>
3: Um, I'm gonna say lovable. <laughs> I
1: wasn't, I promised myself I wouldn't say lovable today, but I'm saying it, damn <laughs> it. That's there's a weird thing to promise to yourself. <laughs> that
3: was Valentine's you woke, Day.
1: Right? <laughs> you woke up this morning and you yeah. were like, I am not saying lovable don't today. Say lo-
2: don't say lovable today. No lo- lovable. matter what, I'm yeah. not saying
1: <laughs> I, I will not say lovable and I will not cry. <laughs> uh, none of that happened. None of that happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then there's one more thing that we like to do on Talking Back, and that is what if?
2: What if
1: Tess and Corey? Okay. What if is a a segment that we have where we like to speculate on what if something else happened in this book? And it's not that we're trying to rewrite it to make it better or anything okay. like that. We are just we just want to throw something out there, um, kind of like a jumping-off point, just to have a little mini discussion about. Ooh, so mini, <laughs> yeah, right. just mini. We're, yeah. yeah. Like if you change <laughs> if
3: you change one little thing about this story, it gets. Okay, <laughs> yeah. let's hear it.
1: I think it's already kind of been touched on a little bit, but here's my what if. Okay. What if? We, the humans, the humans in this book uh, actually did evolve from the Mers. Um, they, they talk in this book about how humans would let their creation climb to the highest step of the ladder, but then destroy the last step so they couldn't go any further. What if that's what the Mers did to the humans? What if we were the rung below evolving to a Murs? But the Mers stopped us just before that. The idea that the humans have tears that make them forget and the MERS have tears that help them remember, that seems like a very natural next step in the evolutionary ladder to evolve your tears from forgetting to remembering. So that's that's my what if. What if that is the case? So you're saying, mm.
2: what if the MERS are the
1: top evolutionary state? The original species of humans.
3: So there's two evolutionary timelines happening happening here. So it's like, is that what you're saying? Because it's not like you can wake up tomorrow and be a mer. It's not like you're a, a caterpillar to a butterfly kind of thing. Or is that what you're saying?
1: Well, I mean, I guess you you would want to look at it the way that um, possibly humans evolve from apes, right? Mm-hmm. So there there's still apes on Earth, um, mm. uh, but maybe in maybe in. Um, However long a million years, maybe they evolve into humans if that's if that's possible in that el- evolutionary chain. What if uh, the humans uh, in in that um, in that in that example? What if humans are oh. the apes and the Mers are the humans? Oh.
3: And the Mers are from a different planet in this instance, correct? Like they've no, come here. The, the
1: Mers are from this planet.
0: But but MERS have oh. evolved like, yeah, they're they're still us, but they've they're they're the next step up from us, essentially, but they're still us. Right. Yeah. Um I mean, I would like that because there would, I think, be a communicative connection between the MERS and the humans. And I, I think that's the thing that I'm I struggle with the most in this comic, is that they're in theory is unless yeah, in theory in this comic the way it's presented right now, there's no connection between the humans and the MERS. Yes, Lee Archer speculates that that the MERS might be an offshoot, but at the same time, I believe someone else speculates that they could have just been their own thing, and we're the we're the invaders, you know, we're the usurpers here uh, from another space, you know, thing. So what if, there's, if there actually is a connection between us? Um, I probably actually would have liked that more, because I think that would have given uh, the MERS more motive motivation, uh, the MERS, some kind of connection to us, and I think I just, I think I desperately just want to get into the head head of the MERS in this comic book, especially the fact that they do do such a 180 at the end, you know, and spin around shows that there's intelligence there, so if there's intelligence there, we must be able to communicate with it. So I think the, Tim, your what if, it makes a stronger A case that there would be some sort of connective tissue between the MERS and the humans, and thus like some kind of animosity. I think I would have enjoyed that.
2: I kind of agree. I think that the ending being that the MERS are actually the top rung and humans aren't at the top like they think they are, I think is in line with what Scott Snyder is trying to say in the entire book. I think he's saying in this book that humans think they're all that and they can just go to any planet start it up get like make humans on that planet that'll just build everything for them and they'll come in wipe everyone out and live there like it's just we we conquer we do whatever we want to whatever planet we're on and I think them finding out that they aren't even the top rung at the end of the book would have been kind of cool yeah that would have been I think it would have drived home his point yeah that he's trying to make
0: yeah I agree with Dean on that one Tess
3: (laughs) yeah Dang. Okay, so it, it just took me a second because I was like, okay, ugh, um, my brain hurts. Okay, uh, <laughs> this so, book will do that to yeah. you. That's, yeah. Yeah. So if I treat like the Mers like humans, equivalent to humans now, and then we are like the apes now, then we can coexist. Okay. Now, okay, I'm on board for that. Got that. Okay. Check. Yeah. So it's kind of like what Neil deGrasse Tyson says that the famous astrophysicist, he says that like there might be a um, an alien life force around us and we just don't know. And they're actually just way smarter and we're just idiots. We have no idea. Um, and so maybe like it's, I'm taking it I'm taking it like that. So, I don't know why, though, if that was the case, why would the MERS want the humans to remember? Why would it matter? like why would we ever want to tell the monkeys that they were actually us that's like a good point. where where's the motivation in that and 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 what's the what's the point? you know what I mean and that's open to discussion, you know
2: yeah, that's not that's that's true that that is not really an ending for this book that we just read because of the stuff that the MERS do. Okay, it would so, have to be like totally rewritten yeah. that the MERS would not be trying to make humans remember. So um, the,
1: the MERS, the MERS stepped in when we were kind of, it seemed like we were going to be at our most self-destructive.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What if then, what if in, in this example we're using, what if us as the humans see the apes starting to self-destruct to the point where they're about to wipe themselves out? Right. Like, would we step in at that point and and interject and help them, you know, even though they don't really understand what they're doing or what's happening, just because we're a higher species and we don't want them all to to die or or to be wiped out. So and we probably would. Right. Like if you see a species killing itself off. We would probably interject and 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 try to make that not happen. Well, in Tim, some way.
2: you would hope that we would, but we also <laughs> go and just cut down forests and put up homes. Like, I know, I know. It, it's true. You I, would I think you would. That's why I think this book's pretty interesting. Is all this stuff with nature and like conquering?
1: Yeah,
2: it's like we just go and do whatever we want because we're at the top rung. Right. Right. right? So we just like we treat the bottom rung as whatever. We'll do whatever we want. Yeah. Exactly. Where these Murs actually saw humans about to self-destruct and they're like well i guess we should help them out
1: it's weird we're we're talking about the top rung of a ladder so we're using the example of an actual ladder but when they're talking about this in the book it is like a a genetic structure ladder right it's a genetic it's like genetics so they're talking about the last rung and like the genetic Mm -hmm. level so yeah yeah that might be a better visual for listeners right to, to be picturing yeah was far too late for that.
3: <laughs> we should, should have mentioned that a long time ago. We've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, now go ago. back. Said ladder watch. way too many times.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I. I, I mean, uh, you know, your what if definitely brings up the 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 fact that like I just. I just wish there was some kind of communication between the two species. I think that would have helped yeah. flesh out motivation, you know. And I think that was was where my my problem came with with the uh, the Mers was motivation. And uh, yeah, I, I and if they're intelligent enough, I think they could have talked. I think that would have been would have been fun to actually get in the mind of it and actually communicate with it. I think that would have been a, a fun thing to to do. So.
2: Yeah, I don't even think that would be too far of a step for this book. No, yeah, just I Just give them something to be able to communicate. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: agreed. And and if anything, I almost want to see now another part to this of like some kind of future where even 200 years after that, and the humans and the Mers are living, you know, peacefully, and you know maybe They're making babies, making babies <laughs> like they promised to us. They kept telling us guys were having sex with the Mers, and we were going to see Didn't the get that panel. Nope. Nope.
2: <laughs> no no Mer sex at all in this. Place. I know.
0: I wanted more Mer yeah. sex. Come on, man.
3: Yeah. You wanted murder and Mer sex. Yep. Goodness gracious. M- Oh, wait. Would it be spelled M E R D E R?
1: Murder. Yeah. Oh, 100% <laughs> of it Yeah, Tess.
3: I'll just let myself out. <laughs> uh, yeah. I want
1: to see a, a baby mer human hybrid. Oh, yeah. That would be so adorable. Ooh. I'm getting baby Yoda vibes from that. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Wait, but then
3: would that be like mermaids? And now we have the beginning of the little mermaid. You guys. Yes
1: yeah Dean loves the Little Mermaid. I do.
3: I Me do. too.
2: Part of your world. I can't
0: listen to that song without crying. Oh yeah. <laughs> and and what if actually this I'm is sorry. like, what if it? What if the the comic is actually two thousand years in the past, and this is like Earth's going to evolve back into Earth, but this is actually how we got mer people, like like mermen and merwomen and stuff baby mermaids mm. Ooh, and the
3: deformed one was the Loch Ness and the monsters yeah those are the <laughs> oh yeah. yeah yeah
2: I like it I like it
3: oh yeah okay I like this what if oh, yeah there.
2: this happened. yeah what if this happened <laughs> yeah this is real <laughs> yeah. that, you're like so mer-bings.
3: going into deep philosophy and theory we're like yeah yeah okay but what if the mer people <laughs> and the humans they, yeah. they got it on and then what would happen <laughs> <laughs>
0: but <laughs> oh, that's a great one <laughs> it is an interesting <laughs> takeaway that all four of us kind of uh, gravitated towards different aspects of the book there's there's hmm. enough meat on the bone and, and enough there to give all of us something different to enjoy and it, i think that's that's very telling
1: yeah definitely okay well listen tess Corey, that was awesome thank you <laughs> yeah. so much for joining us that was so much fun <laughs> we'll definitely have you guys back yes. um, please go ahead and plug whatever you'd like to plug right now
3: Okay, here we go. Five, six, seven, eight. Um, if you guys want to check us out, you can check us out on any podcast catchers that you can think of. Think of a podcast catcher? Yep, we're right there. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at OCD Podcast and on Facebook at... Um, Corey,
0: OCD, that one. I think I got OCD podcast for that one too. I think Slash I got OCD yeah, podcast. Yeah, I got lucky because right? <laughs> because ongoing comic book discussion podcast is pretty long to type out. So, <laughs> yeah.
3: um, but yeah, all right, BFO go for it. Yeah,
0: so, um, you can find that information. Uh, you can find ongoing comic book discussion podcast, uh, podcasting after dark, Cartwright, Blast from Our Past, Friday Five, and of course, talking and... back on Woo-hoo! On, Woo-hoo. The, <laughs> on the on uh, the the BFOP network and everything is all on our website bfopnetwork.com that is www.bfopnetwork.com and http://www. I was listening to a uh, last podcast on the left uh, a few months ago and uh, Ben Kissel was giving out URLs with the HTTP calling back. So I'm like, what is going on, Ben? This is crazy. Um,
1: but yeah, so I didn't. Just, just in case our dads need to find it, right? Exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. So yeah. And then, you know, you can find me on on all kinds of podcasts. So there you go. That's it. That's all I got. That's it. Yeah.
1: Great. Now, everybody listening please reach out to us on social media, both OCD and Talking Back. We love to engage with people online. So we're very happy to respond and answer any questions you have. So again, Tess, Corey, thank you very much. That was a lot of fun. Dean, thank you as always. Thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time.
2: Hey, this is Brent. And I'm Eric. And we are part of the Friday Five Podcast. Yes, sir. We cover everything from the 80s to today. We absolutely do. You can find us every other Friday on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Like iTunes? Like Stitcher? Oh, man. Maybe a little Spotify. Hey, and also check us out on Instagram. Absolutely. So come hang out. I think you'll have a lot of fun, and we will see you there. Yeah, bring your Proton Pack and your Ecto Cooler. And maybe
1: some McNugget buddies.